Hello, and welcome to Accidentally, a podcast about current issues in occupational accident insurance, better known as workers' compensation. My name is Jennifer Wolf Horsch, and I'm the Executive Director of the International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions, also known as the IAIABC. I challenge you to say that one three times quickly. One of the reasons I titled this podcast Accidentally is that I accidentally fell into the workers' compensation world. In my experience, most of the professionals in workers' compensation have also accidentally fell into the business. I look forward to hearing some of their stories in future podcasts. In honor of our first podcast, I thought I'd share my story. In my senior year at the University of Kansas, I answered a newspaper ad for a part-time position with the IAIABC. I worked with the association for eight months, and after I graduated with a degree in chemistry, I took a full-time position with the organization and moved with the office to Madison, Wisconsin. After accepting the position, several of my friends went, hmm, and my family sighed. But instead of a temporary stop on my professional journey, it has grown into a rewarding long-term career. I'll be honest, workers' compensation and the IAIABC can be at times a little difficult to explain. However, workers' compensation is really about helping people in a time of need. Workers' compensation is an important program that helps workers receive medical care and wage replacement benefits when they suffer an injury or illness at work. Workers' compensation is the intersection of many different industries, including insurance, medicine, employment, law, disability, technology, and public policy. During Accidentally, I will ask thought-provoking questions, raise awareness about emerging issues, and offer insights on workers' compensation. My hope is to make you think about workers' compensation in a different way. Podcasts have been around for quite a while, but if this is your first podcast, we're delighted you could join us. Podcasts are on-demand audio recordings that can be played or downloaded on your smartphone, tablet, or any internet-connected device. You can listen at your desk, in your car, or even on the weekend if you need a little weekend comp. Podcast will be released each month on the IAIABC's website at iaiabc.org slash podcast. Please share this link with your friends, colleagues, or even random people on the street. For today's podcast, I want to talk to you about the 1972 National Commission. This is a subject I've been hearing a lot about recently, and I wanted to explore if the National Commission offered a good roadmap for addressing issues in today's workers' compensation system. Before I get into that history, I thought I'd give you some context about why the National Commission was important to understand and learn about. This year, a series of articles by ProPublica and several follow-up media reports have questioned whether workers' compensation systems in the United States provide fair and adequate benefits to workers. 
Critics are concerned that despite being designed as a no-fault system, more and more workers are being denied benefits because of higher causation standards across the states. In addition, they charge that medical care and prescriptions are being denied in an effort to reduce medical costs. There's also concern that wage replacement benefits are being lowered, and this reduction is resulting in a smaller portion of lost wages being paid to workers. There are also concerns that more and more U.S. workers do not have workers' compensation coverage protections in place. Companies are increasingly hiring independent contractors, and exclusions for agricultural, domestic, and other types of workers continue across the country. On the opposite side of the coin, employers are criticizing workers' compensation as being a regulatory burden. Despite continued cost containment efforts, employers are not seeing their coverage costs decline, and staying in compliance with 51 different jurisdictions is costly and administratively difficult. 2015 saw the introduction of legislation in Tennessee and South Carolina which would allow employers to opt out of traditional workers' compensation coverage. This follows both Texas and Oklahoma, which allows opt-out in some form. Both labor and management believe the system is failing. Amidst this criticism, some leaders within the industry have pointed to the recommendations of the 1972 National Commission as offering a roadmap for restoring balance today. Since the report was issued before I was born, I wondered if a 40-year-old report could be relevant in today's environment. There are a lot of people who are not familiar with the National Commission, so here's a short history. The National Commission was formed when the Occupational Health and Safety Act, OSHA, was signed into law by President Nixon in 1970. The mandate of the National Commission was to undertake a comprehensive study and evaluation of state workmen's compensation laws in order to determine if such laws provide adequate, prompt, and equitable system of compensation. The National Commission was a dramatic and unprecedented step by the federal government as workers' compensation since its beginnings was a state program. However, calls for reform were heard throughout the preceding decade. At the 1969 IAIABC Annual Convention, Prost President Worley Brown referenced his 1963 President's Address. He said, In Miami Beach in 1963, my presidential address to the convention included a story about how a frog, if dropped in a pan of boiling water, will react so quickly he will jump out without injury. However, if the same frog is placed in a pan of cool water, which is heated slowly to the boiling point, the frog will not jump out until it's too late. 
The water in the state workman's compensation pot was approaching a slow boil in 1963, and now, six years later, it is about to reach the point of no return for the frog. Mr. Worley Brown went on to further comment, Unless improvements are made, and made soon, all states may lose forever the right to control and administer their own system in a manner which will meet the economic needs of their citizens. The National Commission was given less than a year to understand the workers' compensation landscape and provide recommendations on how to fix it. The commission was chaired by Professor John Burton and included 19 members from state agencies, management, labor, insurers, medical providers, educators, the public, and three members of President Nixon's cabinet. A staff of 30 were charged with assisting in research, analysis, and logistics. The commission held nine public hearings, and had 11 face-to-face meetings. Professor Burton reflected that the most productive meeting was held in Airlie House, a conference center outside of DC. It was known primarily because it had only one phone that was very difficult to get to. Free of these, free of distractions and interruptions, the commissioners came to consensus on a key point in the report, and that was that there should be some kind of federal standards included in the report. The commission issued their report to the President and Congress on July 31, 1972, with the conclusion that the protection furnished by workmen's compensation to American workers presently is, in general, inadequate and inequitable. The Commission report describes the following five major objectives for a modern workers' compensation system. That there will be broad coverage of employees and of work-related injuries and diseases, substantial protection against interruption of income, provision of sufficient medical care and rehabilitation services, encouragement of safety, and an effective system for delivery of the benefits and services. I don't think many people would argue that these are sound objectives for workers' compensation program. Some might suggest a complementary objective would be the restoration of health, which would include both appropriate medical care and return to work. The report offered over 80 recommendations for state systems to meet these objectives and restore balance. They highlighted 19 as essential. The 19 essential recommendations deal primarily with coverage and benefit adequacy. Here are a few highlights. We recommend that workmen's compensation be compulsory rather than elective. At the time the report was issued, 85% of the workforce was covered by workers' compensation laws. In 2013, we can estimate that about 93% of employed workers are covered by a workers' compensation program. But, as we talked about a little earlier, there are still many exclusions in place. 
So over the past 40 years, we've seen some improvement in the coverage of workers, but the rise of alternative programs may cause a reversal of this trend. Another essential recommendation was, as of July 1st, 1975, the maximum weekly benefit for temporary total disability, TTD, should be at least 100% of the state's average weekly wage. As of 2014, there is still wide variation across states on the maximum TTD benefit level, which ranges from 66 and two-thirds of a percent of the state average weekly wage to 200% of the state's average weekly wage. A third essential recommendation was the right to medical and physical rehabilitation benefits not be terminated by the mere passage of time. This is one area where states have made significant progress. Only two states have time limit restrictions on medical care to injured workers. However, many states allow settlement agreements to include the termination of medical treatment. This was opposed by the National Commission. Other recommendations contained in the report hint at the important and growing role of medical care and rehabilitation. For example, we recommend that each workman's compensation agency establish a medical rehabilitation division with authority to effectively supervise medical care and rehabilitation services. This seems prescient as states have become more and more concerned with medical management. The Commission was very aware of the political challenges that states faced in reform. They discussed the often heard comment that increasing workers' compensation costs will drive a business out of a state. In that regard, not much has changed. Despite radical changes in the economy, technology, and medical care, the report of the National Commission could indeed offer a roadmap for the restoration of balance and equity in the workers' compensation system. Certainly, not every recommendation would be seen as relevant, and some would make for very lively debate. The National Commission report provokes an important conversation that workers' compensation should be examined at a national level. Given that businesses today are likely operating in a multi-state environment and that people have more mobility than ever before, workers' compensation considered only at a single state level is very limiting. At the very least, workers' compensation leaders around the country should be familiar with the National Commission and its recommendations. It is an informing and engaging read. The topics they discuss are as relevant today as in 1972. The report and supplementary materials can be found online at workerscompensationresources.com which is maintained by Commission Chair Professor John Burton. I wish you happy reading. I hope that you'll share your thoughts and comments about the National Commission and its relevance to workers' compensation today at jwolf at iaiabc.org.
Thank you for listening to Accidentally, the IAIABC's podcast series. Join me on future programs to hear about the sharing economy, millennials in the workplace, and return to work as a key element of return to health. As I travel to workers' compensation meetings, I will invite special guests to share the mic. Accidentally will give you an opportunity to meet leaders influencing workers' comp today. If you have ideas to share, I hope you'll send me an email at jwolf at iaiabc.org. You can also follow us or comment on Twitter and Facebook. Find future podcasts at iaiabc.org slash podcast. Cheers!